Can both of our things be that we made ice cream this weekend? <laughs> Should I start? Do you feel yeah. is your is your brain in your human body? Um, I don't think my brain needs to be in my human body much for this one. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, this is Brand Barricades, Alema's podcast. I'm Nemo Martin. I use they them pronouns. And I literally just got a DM from someone who was like, Hey Nemo, I feel like your um, PhD is going to be a, a, a book before you even finish your PhD. And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> so that was fun. Now I'm thinking about that. Uh, yeah what does it mean what does can it mean? you legally do that i don't know <laughs> i feel like probably you're not meant to do that no does it look like i'm plagiarizing my own stuff <laughs> that is possible um so i guess i'll sort that out when it's yeah. not like 10 o'clock on a tuesday <laughs> uh i'm stevie she they pronouns primary researcher um i have no idea how the phd or book thing works so i have nothing to add to your <laughs> tuesday evening problems uh, i did just say like oh, i don't need my brain on for these ones and then was like oh unless nemo quizzes me and then it was like should i bring up that if nemo quizzes me because maybe nemo will forget to quiz me oh are you kidding me it was gonna be my first <laughs> question <laughs> so i was right to to fear yeah. okay go um who lives in a pineapple under the <laughs> sea? Who earns three francs a week, day, and makes fans for a living? You're one of your favorites? Yeah. Really? Yeah, gold star. <laughs> um, who is a hypochondriac who taps the cane on his nose? Uh... Jolie? Yeah! <laughs> Can you tell me the name of the one who should be third, but Hugo obviously left him till fifth and then was like, actually, no, he's my best boy. Kufarek. Yeah! <laughs> that oh one was God. too easy. <laughs> okay. Um, go in order then. Do it. <laughs> Because I was, because I feel like having patterns helps me remember things. So you asking me questions is actually scarier. Oh, okay. But now I'm going to trip myself okay. up. Go, go, okay. Go. So it started with Enjolas. Yeah. And then the second boy was Combeferre. Yeah. And then the third boy was Jehan. Uh huh. And then the fourth boy, who I think maybe this is where I trip up, I think fourth boy is Fuli. I think you're right. And then the fifth one is that's when Kufarak is. Yeah. And then the sixth boy is oh the two B's. Yeah. He comes first. Uh, Busset first. No. No, Baharal first. Yeah. Then Busset. Yeah. Who is your favorite boy? Yeah. Uh, no. Baharal no, is. is. Yeah. And then it's Gronte. Oh, you're missing one. I'm like, do I always miss a J? Yeah, you said his name earlier. Oh, Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jolie. Well, you can he... remember that Bosway and Jolie are boyfriends and they come after each other. One after the other. Okay. Yeah. And then Baharel comes after. Bosway. And then, no, uh, Baharel, Bosway, Jolie, Conte. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I so I was trying to learn these boys' names at the same time that I was trying to learn Nemo's K-pop boys' names, <laughs> and there's a lot of J's across the board, and I always forget one J boy. Oh yeah, you know Lemmy, Andras, RM. <laughs> well, because I was like on the train home from like actually trying to remember the boys' names, because I was like Nemo's gonna bring it up, and it it really was that I was like J Hope no. <laughs> Too many Jays. Uh, well, <laughs> and then obviously you have um, Bosway's boyfriend um, Suga, and then <laughs> there's a Jimin in there somewhere. <laughs> it feels like they do kind of blend. 
these names. Yeah, yeah, I I can see them blending quite. Like, if you told me that, like, one of the characters in Les Mis, maybe Jehan, like, that his name was Jean Prouvaire, but he called himself J-Hope. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, I'm proud of only forgetting one, but I always forget the same one, so I apologize, Jolie. Yeah, I'll try and be better for next time. He's always headcanoned as being the like meek little Asian boy, so um, he really oh. could be a K-pop member. He could be, <laughs> and he's the hypochondriac. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, I guess they all turn up in these ones. So speaking of the <laughs> hypochondriac, I did when I so. The title of this one is Boussoy's Funeral Oration for Blondeau. Mm. But then it goes in with... Uh, so how would you pronounce... Is it Lael? Yeah. It goes in with Lael and I was like, okay, which boy is <laughs> And then of course it was Boussoy, whose name was in the title of yeah. the chapter that I was like, oh, that sh- I'm sure that <laughs> yeah. should have been very clear to me. Um, so we get to meet Busway, who mm. is just like hanging out this one afternoon, just kind of watching the street, lounging, having a little think, and he sees a cab go by, and it's going really slowly, so he's like, okay, who's this cab stalking? This is a bit strange, and he looks through the window, and Marius is such a kid who has his name written into like the back of every school t-shirt, He's got a, his big bag with Marius Pomacy oh my God. sewn onto his be- <laughs> onto his book bag. <laughs> so it's very easy for Bosoy to see, and he's like, "Oh my God, Marius!" Um, and Marius is like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, oh, "I've been looking for you." And he's like, "Oh, um, well, I don't know how that can be. I've just left my grandfather's, and I don't know you." <laughs> And Busway's like, yeah, I don't know you either. <laughs> I, I can't believe I've already forgotten. Like, Busway, he's one of your... No, Bowerell's your best boy. Yeah. yeah. But I do like Busway. Yeah. I, I was, like, trying to remember which of the bees was your favourite. Because I was like, you know what? Busway, this is some good shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Criminally underrated as well. He's just, like, full of good humour. Yeah. Yeah. Which we do know, he's the one with all the bad luck. Yes. So he has a good outlook on life to make mm-hmm. up for all his bad luck. Yeah. So he basically, he's one of the, like, a handful of the boys uh, at law school. And he was like, oh, so Marius, the w- I've heard your name because you weren't in school yesterday. <laughs> and I just so happened to be in class this time. And if you don't show up, then... You get your name like struck off the list, and that's basically sixty francs down the drain. Mm. And the teacher do who does the roll roll call is called Blondeau, mm. and Bossuet says he's very sharp nosed and he's vicious and cunning, and that when he was going down the roll call, starting from P that it was going it wasn't going badly no names were being struck off and that was upsetting Bordeaux, <laughs> this kind of guy who just like loves to punish um and he gets to Marius Pomacy and no one answered and that made like Bondo perk up he's full it's like oh i'm going to get to shame someone strike someone off the list and not hearing anyone call out to be like yes it's me Marius but so I was like this can't be a good student this marius must be someone who loves going for walks someone who's got a mistress he's plays court to the fairer sex um i, I must save him Dr. Blondo. Uh, so he's like me i'm present i'm marius which meant that marius wasn't crossed off the list mm. and marius like oh monsieur but i was so I just must say. But Blondo then goes through some more of the roll call and then gets to L, which is mm. what Busway's actual name starts with. Yeah. And when he gets to Busway's name, he's Busway's like, yeah, I'm here. And Blondo's like, well, if you're Marius, you can't be Lael, so off the list with you. Oh my god. And Marius is like, oh my god, I'm mortified. <laughs> 
Uh, but so he's like, first of all, allow me to embalm Blondo in a few phrases of heartfelt praise. I assume he's dead. There'd be no great change for his thinness, his pallor, his coldness, his stiffness, and his smell to undergo. <laughs> just destroys him. Um, that he's like, oh, Blondo, he's so rigid and honest and frightful and uncompromising in his roll call, God eliminated him as he eliminated <laughs> me. <laughs> Mario's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And plus I was like, young man, let this serve as a lesson to you. In future, be conscientious. Yeah. You need to be responsible. Think like, if you do this again, think about your fellow students who are going to get struck off. And Mary's like, I'm <laughs> devastated. <laughs> and plus Mary just starts laughing. He's like, no, I'm delighted. <laughs> I was on the way to becoming a lawyer and being struck off saved me. <laughs> oh my God. I do. Yeah. I love that Bosway just shows up and is like, hey, bitch, sorry. Just got to like cremate someone, then cremate <laughs> you, and then like just live off vibes for the rest of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally is so good. He does just like, he did this anyway, maybe not even expecting to ever meet Marius. Yeah. He's like, oh, I recognize this bitch's name. <laughs> Yeah, he's just walking around Paris and he's like, oh my god, this is the, like, I'm not lucky at any other point, but Providence has served me today. Let me just absolutely destroy. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking at this, like, frail little white boy and he's like, oh my god, I'm gonna ruin this bitch's life. (laughs) This kid has never missed a lesson in his life and I can tell it. Good. Uh, yeah, so I was like, I can't remember if this is Nemo's favorite, but right now he's my favorite. <laughs> so he just like continuously reads this this little boy. Because um, then, yeah, he's like, so, um, you know, I'm, I- I'm glad to not be a lawyer. It's fine. He's like, anyway, um, yeah, actually, I owe my thanks to you, Marius, and I'm going to call on you formally to thank you. So where do you live? Mara's like in this cab. <laughs> a sign of opulence, <laughs> said Busway. I congratulate you. You're paying a rent of 9,000 francs a year. Oh my god. <laughs> and at that moment, Kufarek just emerges from the cafe. <laughs> uh, and Mara's like, Yeah, like I've been in this cab with my stuff for two hours, don't have anywhere to live. So, and Kufarek's just like, Oh yeah, you just come live with me. <laughs> and it's literally like that abrupt. It's like, at that moment, Kufarek emerged from the cafe. Marius, the fact of the matter is, I don't know where to go. Well, sure, come and live with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm starting to understand some of the thick characterizations. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this way is like, well, you know, really, I should get to us first, but I also don't have anywhere to live, so <laughs> you can have him. <laughs> I... I, I do love, and I know the moment has passed, but the boss is saying, oh, you live in the cab, a fine sign of luxury about the, what was it, 9,000 francs a year? Mm. I'm like, my my actual house rent is on the fairly cheap side for London, but my God, that TFL bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the really. Dupe costs so much money. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I live on it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Busway, come and read us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was like, yeah, first chapter actually meeting any of the boys mm-hmm. like properly instead of just like, here's their list of attributes. And it was like, great, off to a strong start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also love Cool for Act just looking, taking one look at this twink and being like, hmm. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's something to do. I've got <laughs> nothing on this evening. <laughs> and literally that very evening, Marius gets settled into a room at the Hotel de la Porte Saint-Jacques next door to Coferac. Nice. Good amount of flavor. I believed it. <laughs> I half tried. And then we're straight into Marius being bemused. Mm. I thought you said Marius being the muse, and I was like... Does Korferak paint him like one of his <laughs> French girls? <laughs> I would also believe that. Yeah. Another thing just to do with this free evening. <laughs> so, says Hugo, 
Youth is the season of friendships quickly forged and wounds quickly healed. Mm. Um, and what is, I do like this, that in Cover X Company, Marius breathed freely, something quite new for him. But mm. it was like, ah! Yeah, this baby got an adopted found family mm. now. He's a queer boy. Friendship. <laughs> um, and this is because Cover X just doesn't ask questions. He doesn't even think to ask them. Um, <laughs> but the, he goes also like, at that age, we don't need to ask questions of you. Everything you're thinking is on your face. <laughs> so they already know what each other are thinking. And you're like, okay, maybe. I don't know about that. But I <laughs> I like the better reading that Kovarek is just the best kind of queer. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I'll, let's not. And we don't need to be unpacking right now. Marius, <laughs> it's okay. Well, until he turns around one day and is like, so anyway, do you have any political views? <laughs> I mean, that's also the kind of queer that would adopt someone. Like, that's true. Like, yes, you can live on my couch. So have you read Marx? <laughs> <laughs> and Marius is like, certainly, almost offended to be asked. <laughs> and what are you? A Bonapartist Democrat. <laughs> A safe, mousy grey... <laughs> Said Kufarek. <laughs> I must introduce you to the revolution. Oh my god. I can change him, says Kufarek. <laughs> he does say I can change him. <laughs> um, he just like brings Marius to his friends and is like, he's a novice. We've got another one, boys. <laughs> yeah, literally. Let me just like throw you, child, to these wolves. Uh, not wolves. Marius has fallen into an intellectual hornet's nest. Wow. Um, and although grave and silent, he was not the least equipped to defend himself. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, Marius was a bit bewildered by the swarm of young men around him. <laughs> Ooh, was he? Because <laughs> uh, he's never really had friends his age, or I don't think he, yeah, never really had friends. Friends. Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> so. Now he's surrounded by new friends, new family, and they're all just, like, bombarding him with their thoughts and beliefs, and he's just like, oh, God, familiar viewpoints. Because <laughs> um, he thought in giving up his grandfather's opinions for his father's that that, was, that had settled it for him. And then around all of these boys, he's like, I see that that's not how this works. <laughs> uh, and... The angle from which he saw everything was again beginning to shift. And it seemed that for these young men, nothing was sacred. So he's having to hear things that kind of discomfort him. Because he's mm. like, oh god, they'll just like say anything about anything. <laughs> um, we get a couple snippets of the things that like one of them, Barrel, will be like, down with the bourgeoisie's beloved tragedy. And then Combefer's like, no, we should let them have it for this very long reason. Um, I don't see why classical tragedy shouldn't play opposite ancient tragedy. There's a lot more to it. Um, I didn't fully follow. Hey, uh, hey, do you know who also had um, a love-hate relationship with French tragedy? It's Voltaire. It's Voltaire. <laughs> Voltaire. Guess what boy's going to come up in these chapters? Oh my God, no. <laughs> For one second, we can't... We <laughs> must, one must assume every three chapters, Voltaire will show up. <laughs> I think at some point we're going to have to redo a Voltaire episode. Yeah. My favourite character in my is, yeah, it's Voltaire. It is Voltaire. It's just a, such a rich, colourful character, so integral <laughs> to the plot. Um, except he actually really is, because they won't stop talking about him. Uh, so, like, another conversation that's had is um, Kulfarak being, like, on a little walk with Enjolas and Marius, being like, oh, this street is named after these people, and one was Jean-Jacques, and that he had lots of children, but would like immediately just like give them away to a foundling hospital. Mm. And Anjolas is like, not a word against him. He's a man I admire. And even if he did disown his children, he adopted the people as his own. That happened to one of the guys in Voltaire's life. <laughs> 
Wait, I think it was John Jack Rousseau, right? Yeah, that's that happened in Voltaire, like Voltaire criticized him for doing that. Oh, probably was, yeah, because they he gets a whole street named after him. Yeah. Oh my god, I it, love things. <laughs> it does all lead back to Voltaire. <laughs> Hugo, is this just your love letter to Voltaire? <laughs> and I feel like that was like kind of a good characterization. Like I put a tick next to it for you, Hugo, on being like, oh, this is telling, this is showing me what Enjolus believes, which is the like big grand beliefs over, say, maybe the individual. Mm, yeah. That it's, yeah, like, well, yeah, he did that to all his children, but, like, the people in society as a whole must come first. Mm, At least that's how I think it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it, like, would be very, like, trolley problem-y in, yeah, him being like, well, yeah, you've got to kill, like, one person in order to save the whole country. That's fine. Mm. So... Some characterization going on, Hugo. Good yeah, job. Good job. Um, and that so they don't ever say the emperor. Mm. They'll sometimes say Napoleon or maybe Bonaparte, and then Ajolus pronounce it Buenaparte. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some more letters in there, some more flair. Mm. Which surprised Marius in a vague way. Mm. Wait, is that to imply something about Spain? I don't know enough about... <laughs> um, So I put myself a little question mark to be like, does this mean anything? Because Bon is good in French, so I'm like, oh, is this a play on words? Because it's Hugo. Mm. But it does come up later in a way that kind of doesn't fully explain it, actually. Let's check. Because okay. in my head it sounded like you were saying bueno, like Spanish. Good. Yeah, it's... B U O. So I was giving it more of that bueno. Oh, I see. <laughs> bueno. I think it's. Is that the only difference? Is that yeah? That there is an extra U. Hmm. But there is more of this to come. Okay. Cool. I want to say shortly, but this is a long chapter to come. <laughs> um. So we get more about how they hang out at the in the back room of the cafe Monsieur. Hmm. Um. And on this one particular evening, like most of them are around and they're all sort of talking over each other at a low temperature, but high volume. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're loud, but we're not like actually feeling too strongly about the things we're saying, which are like, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to incorporate that in my daily uh, phraseology, I think. (laughs) Nice. Um, but he's like, yeah, this is like what friendship is. It's just mm. a peaceful clamor, a game, and a scramble as much as a conversation. Mm. And you do love games, so that works for you. <laughs> um, no woman was allowed into this back room though, except oh. for um, Luison, the cafe's washer-up, who mm-hmm. will just sort of come and go every now and again. Uh, and then we get. So Grantaire is thoroughly inebriated. Of course. And he's in a corner ranting and raving at the top of his voice. Uh, And then we get quite the full rant. Uh, I can't give you all of it Mm -hmm. because he truly does go on. Oh, is this my favorite rant that he goes on? Maybe. I I do have like highlights, like the bullet points of what he gets gets into. Yeah. Um, So... Those include life is, I don't know, whose hideous invention. Mm-hmm. Um, happiness, happiness is an old scenery flat painted on one side only. Ah, um, nice. Ecclesiastes says all, all is vanity. I agree with that fellow who probably never existed. <laughs> uh, oh, vanity, dressing everything up in big words. A kitchen is a laboratory, a dancer, a master, a tumbler, a gymnast. Um, a jockey, a sportsman, a woodlouse, a Terry Gibrantia. Okay. Um, more rant. Uh, white is vicious about white. If the lily could speak, <laughs> what would it have to say about the dove? Um, it's a shame I'm an ignoramus. Otherwise, I'd be able to give you loads of examples, but I know nothing. <laughs> uh, 
As for the rest of you, you're no better than I am. Every virtue degenerates into a vice. Um, but, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Not drunk enough to give the speech. Yeah. <laughs> do a shot and then do it. <laughs> I feel like it would be best, like, slightly slurred and really fast. Um, yeah, absolutely. Who do you admire, the man killed or his killer? Caesar or Brutus? <laughs> um, generally, people are in favour of the killer. Long live Brutus. He killed a man. That's virtue for you. Virtue, maybe, but madness too. Um, some great men are strangely flawed. <clears throat> How Brutus had a favourite statue, which um, Nero also had a favourite statue by the same statue carver so mm. sometimes life's like that history is nothing but endless repetition one century is a plagiarist of the other N napoleon's australis uh is just the same as clovis's tolbiac uh, nothing is so dull-witted as winning the battle true glory lies in winning the argument <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is more highlights to come, but I paused there for the note I wrote to myself on that. On nothing is so dull-witted as winning the battle. If we remember in the Waterloo segment, uh -huh. um, when Hugo was at one point, Hugo had many points, mm -hmm. but a theme at one point was, um, well, maybe we lost Waterloo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you lose, you get to learn. So really, France was the winner because it was because we lost that actually we didn't stagnate and we uh, made changes. So yeah. who if wants you, to win anyway? <laughs> if you really think about it, the English did lose the Battle of Waterloo. If you really yeah. think about it hard enough... Yeah, you'll get it. Like if you if you actually if you were clever, you would know that winning is the worst. So. Yeah, unless we do it and then, you know, that's different. <laughs> but when France loses, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> so that really made me think of that. Mm. Um mm. Grantaire goes on. You want me to start admiring nations? Which nation, if you please? The Athenians, who were just Parisians of an earlier age. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, but he is like, you know, here's why actually they're a bit shit. Um, mm. What did they even do? Uh, so what, should I admire France because of Paris? Well, I just told you that I'm like not that hot on Athens. So like, why would I be hot on France? Nice. England? Because they have London? I hate Carthage. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, London is the capital of destitution. Yeah. Um, which I like, yep. Yeah. Uh, in the parish of Charing Cross alone, there are hundreds of people a year dying of hunger, such as Albion. And also, I've seen English women dance wearing a cornet of roses and blue spectacles, so I love my nose at England. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Grantaire saw Midsummer and was like, eh, no, <laughs> not for me. Not for me. I snub. <laughs> <laughs> He's also like, not hot on America. I don't admire John Ball. I don't much care for that slave owning brother, Cotton King. Germany is a lymph. Italy is all bile. Should we go into raptures about Russia? Voltaire admired it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> part shots of Voltaire, as always. Um, Voltaire also admired China. Mm. He's like, well, yeah, Russia's got some attractions, but also, like, the sickly little line of succession in Russia who just keep getting killed off. Throats cut, numerous Nicholases, and so many Ivans. Mm. Um, not into war. It reduces and subsumes all forms of banditry. <sighs> You'll tell me that Europe's nonetheless better than Asia? I agree that Asia is a joke. Yep. <laughs> but I don't really see that you peoples of the West can afford to, to mark, having included in your manners and refinements all the complicated squalors of majesty. Mm. Um, not into Brussels or Stockholm or Madrid or Amsterdam or London or Constantinople or Paris, but they each have their liquors. In short, Paris wins, mm. says he. Um, of course. Where is Cleopatra? Oh, it's you, Louison. Hello. Uh, he gets distracted by the uh, washerwoman. Mm. 
coming and like clearing the drinks. Bisset persuades trying to silence him and Grantaire's like, no, hands down. I am utterly unimpressed by the gesture. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man is no good. Man is a monstrosity. Man turned out badly. The butterfly turned out well. God failed with this one. Oh my god. Um, to hell with God. And Busway's <laughs> like, oh my god, now shut up, capital R. <laughs> because he's at the same time to himself, basically, because it's not to anyone in particular. Busway mm. is uh, speaking in legalese just about the law. Okay. So if there's anything you wish to say on Grantaire's speech, uh, speak now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at first I was like, it sounds like me when I've uh, um, when I've learned something and I'm like, I immediately need to unload all of this information <laughs> on whoever will listen to me. <laughs> and then it started sounding like, you know, someone who defends like South Park and they're like yeah but the humor is really good because like yeah it's racist but it's also racist against white people so mm. like it's actually edgy and I'm like well actually no <laughs> you can't be the same kind of racist towards these two things mm. um and I feel like it's kind of like that with Gonter being like um yeah I hate white people culture I also hate the Asians and like Constantinople and all of that kind of stuff but like it's funny because I said I hate white people too <laughs> yeah it does go some places it does go some places but yeah I feel like it, it kind of occurred to me like when he was talking about China and Russia I'm like oh, it'd be really interesting for Victor Hugo or like literally anyone in the 19th century to see like what power dynamics look like now yeah god what do you make of that Hugo <laughs> 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 the um especially the first half of the speech before he gets into like what nation do you want me to care about yeah for me it really felt like especially you and me having conversations but like more so the like uh i did some fic reading and like a couple fix will have the like grantaire's adhd tag mm, mm. where it's the him like it's both jumping from topic to topic, but also you're like, oh, I see how you got yeah. from that to that. Yeah. So it's this really long rant, but I'm like, this is just what like talking to us is like. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It like definitely the first canonical character to have ADHD. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely. So like as I was reading it, I was like, whoa, it's going on. I'm like, but it does all connect. <laughs> so I see where this is rambling, but also going. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, uh, did Victor Hugo also have ADHD? Because and this is his little like ADHD boy. I mean, this whole story is a tale. Oh, abs <laughs> fucking absolutely. This book is ADHD classic. Whereas, like, let me just, I just, we're on this street, and there's 20 years of history about this street. I just like, I must tell you. Anyway, but there's a new character. <laughs> anyway, I know that you really love Jean Valjean. But I did just find this really cool Wikipedia article that I need to tell you all about. <laughs> but also, my special interest, Voltaire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Voltaire. Oh. Such an old friend every time you come up. <laughs> well, friend, I don't know if it's friend. Oh. Uh, um, so yeah, anyway, he's having that speech. Busway's like speaking in a lot of latin which is what a lot of legalese is in mm. but vaguely sort of being like landlords should have to pay tax is the short of it yeah um, in another corner there's two playwrights Ooh. who are bent over their tasks heads touching coming Ooh. up with characters um in another there is a young Younger man of 18 with a 30-year-old discussing a duel and the older person was like, yeah, uh, so be careful because he's a good swordsman, the guy you're going to fight. Mm. Um, in an opposite corner to Grantaire is Jolie and Bahorel who are playing dominoes and talking of love. <laughs> but not their love for each other. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about Muschetta. Muschetta, yeah. Muschetta. So 
Jolie's like, oh, you're lucky, you have a mistress who's always laughing, and Barrel's like, uh, that's a mistake on her part. She, a mistress shouldn't laugh, because it encourages you to be unfaithful to her, because she looks so happy. If you see her looking sad, you feel guilty. Oh, come on! <laughs> and Jolie's like, your heartless brute, a woman's laugh is such a delight. Oh. Um, and Male Barrel's like... <laughs> You call Zutin as you see them. <laughs> oh. Um, Barrel's like, no, like, we have this agreement. We've set these boundaries for each other. We never cross. Like, it's fine. Well, um, I mean, they're setting boundaries, so that's something. Like... It's something. And he's like, so, Joe Lily, what stage have you reached in your tiff with Nusieta? And he's like, oh, she's unforgiving in her sulkiness towards me. And Farrell's like, oh, well, it's because you're pitifully thin in your lovesickness. Um, <laughs> you need to please her, be elegant, get down on your knees, buy yourself some Ooh. strong trousers. Uh, <laughs> and then in the third corner is a poetical discussion mm-hmm. uh, about Olympus, which... Jean Prouvier, 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 uh, or it is Jehan. Yeah, Jehan. Jehan. Yeah. Jehan. I was, I was like the Jehan. name in my head. I was actually like, you're gonna try and say it like a K-pop boy, and you can't do that. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jehan from now on. <laughs> Jehan. No, I never can say it properly. Jehan. Jehan. <laughs> no. Jehan. <laughs> Wait, how was it actually said? Jehan. Jehan. <laughs> Jehan, who is the boy a lot of fandom headcanons as non-binary. Yeah. He's yeah. also the soft child who believes in God and lays in fl- in wheat fields. Yeah. 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 So this checks out that um yeah. Jehan, oh. <laughs> um, he's defending Olympus just out of sheer romanticism, and is shy only when calm. Uh, when excited, he sparkled. Oh, effervescent! Um, <laughs> um, and he's like, "Let's not insult the gods. Uh, they might not have gone away. Jupiter doesn't strike me as being dead." <laughs> So they're like having that chat. <laughs> I love his little like witchy core aesthetic where he's just like praying to Jupiter, burning some incense, lighting yeah. some candles. Yeah, because when he had his little paragraph, mm. I would have assumed it was like just like Christian God, but I yeah. guess he's like, well, let's, but let's just like not badmouth any gods <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I guess everyone in this time period was obsessed with the classical yeah. era, but also very queer mood. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a, like, bumper sticker that says coexist on it. <laughs> in our last corner, they were talking politics. Ah, oh, boo. <laughs> the 1814 charter was coming under criticism. Mm. Combefer was weakly defending it, Kufarak energetically attacking it. <laughs> Uh, so the meat of Kofrak's argument is that a king is a parasite, kings don't come free, the cost of kings, uh, and he's got some numbers because we know that Victor Hugo loves figures, Um, whereas like when Francois I died, France's national debt was 30,000 francs a year. By the time Louis XV died it was 2600 million at 28 Whoa. francs to the mark which was equivalent in 1760 to 4500 million which today would be 12000 million oh my god <laughs> so i also just love hugo doing the conversions for us yeah literally and that secondly, with all due respect to Combefer, the granting of a charter is a poor expedient for civilization to resort to, that it's meant to just sort of smooth the transition from monarchy to democracy 
by the implementation of constitutional fictions. And he's mm. like, no, we shouldn't. Like, so he's against this charter because he doesn't think we should settle for something that's like kind of the halfway or is meant to represent a halfway. Mm. Um, the charter is a mask. It conceals a lie. A people that accept a charter abdicates um, no charter. Um, and I looked up that charter. Oh, wow. Congrats. <laughs> so, secondary researcher. Yeah. Um, the Charter of 1814 was a constitutional text granted by King Louis the 18th mm. of France shortly after the Bourbon Restoration. 18th? I'm really bad at Roman numerals. XV111. Huh, okay, yeah. 18th. That surprises me. That's so high. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of Louis. Yeah. Um, Sorry for questioning you. I was just like, 18 sounds way too big. Well, I'm always willing to be questioned on my Roman numerals because yeah. they really scare me a lot to look at. So this charter basically established a constitutional monarchy with a parliament and it guaranteed some civil liberties that had kind of been won by that time when there wasn't a monarchy mm-hmm. uh, when when napoleon was it post napoleon oh god france so much has happened Ugh, was it post the terror oh, i don't have my dates in a row yeah it, terror was 17 something something wasn't it mm. And so, this is 1814. So. 1814. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah, it was basically like him being like, so we're having a monarchy again. Hello, it's me, the king. Mm-hmm. Lily, I'm back. Um, we'll let you keep some of those things you got. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be, and you know, it proclaimed that there'd be some religious toleration and acknowledged Catholicism as the state religion. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Preserved many liberties won by the French Revolution. But, but... These things aren't always followed to the promises. So yeah, so Kufferak's like, this isn't good enough. Sure. And Combefer, who we know is kind of like less extreme than Enjolas, and mm. is like, you know, sometimes we've got to allow these things. Um, and that he would always rather there not be fighting. That's a Combefer thing. Like mm. if there has to be, then he's fine with it, but he'd rather we just like come to agreements. So I guess mm. that's why he's like, well, this is better than nothing. Mm. Um, so they're like, I think they have they have a copy of the charter, and Kofrak, oh my god, crumples it up and throws it in the fire, <laughs> um, and it turned to ashes. But you know, on the whole, the chatter and the rumors in good humor. Yeah, they definitely go for an ice cream date after this. Like they have this heated debate, and then they're like, "Okay, put that in a box, go get ice cream, and then." Like, watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch your 17th, 18th century. What century were you in? 19th century? 19th century. 19th century movie. Yeah. Or I like to imagine that, like, um, one day they they have, like, uh, an alternating rotor. So one day it's, like, documentaries. And then the other day it's, like, <laughs> Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> This is just projection. <laughs> Objection. Objection, Your Honor. That's leading the witness. <laughs> Projection in the court. <laughs> um, yeah, because as Hugo said at the beginning, the temperature is cool. Mm, if the... Mm. Well, what do they say? A low temperature, but high volume. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, they had their debate, but everyone's still in good humour. And then I think we have time for one more. Excellent. Um, Broadening horizons. (laughs) The wonderful thing about the collision between young minds is that you can never predict the spark or anticipate the flash. Mm. Uh, You just never know what young people are going to say. Fortuitousness is the scene shifter in such conversations. (laughs) Is fortuitousness just another word for fate? Another word for providence? Isn't fortuitousness like luck? But um, but less like fate, providence, and more like how 
fortuitous how lucky so i guess yeah mm. providence probably is yeah okay let's stick it under providence <laughs> they're all related yeah sisters <laughs> but oh what's that oh, i was gonna say something and then i cannot remember the full quote at all fortune by any name do i uh, okay this is useless but i'm gonna be disassociating thinking about it so <laughs> is it a rose by any other name yeah like, yeah there it it'll is smell as sweet yeah Something yeah like that yeah providence by any other name yeah exactly that's literally what i was going for thank you stevie <laughs> you know me so well <laughs> and fortuitousness the opposite of what Bosway has mm, mm. except for when he finds Marius in the street yeah yeah well that's providence so, so it, it's one argue. step above <laughs> yeah that's true so the lads are all having a chat having some wordplay <laughs> and then Bosway concluded some tirade addressed to Combefer with this date the 18th of June, 1815, comma, Waterloo. Wow. <laughs> and at the name of Waterloo, Marius, who had his elbows resting on the table and a glass of water beside him. Oh my God, pussy. <laughs> Drink some fucking shandy or whatever. Conte, <laughs> have you not been hanging out with this boy? <laughs> um, he takes his hand out from under his chin and began to stare intently at everyone in the room. <laughs> Corporate's like, by God, and then in brackets, by Jove was falling out of disuse at this time. Oh my time. god! <laughs> um, oh my god! Do you think? Do you think that Jolie is still trying to be like, no, come on, guys, like let's not say by Jove because, um, like that's offending Jupiter. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to God. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, head cannon accepted. Fix on my desk. <laughs> Um, by God, exclaimed Kufarak, it's strange that number 18, um, it's Bonaparte's fateful number, and is, uh, blah blah blah, you have the man's whole destiny in it, uh, with this re- this telling detail that the end follows close on the heels of the beginning, which I don't really understand, but nope. is important for Anjolas, who hadn't spoken until then, broke his silence and made this comment. You mean atonement on the heels of the crime? (laughs) And Marius, deeply stirred by this unexpected reference to Waterloo, the word crime exceeded the bounds of the acceptable, and now he's going to really embarrass all of us. Uh uh He gets up. Oh, no. (laughs) And he walks over to the map of France on the wall. Uh, on which you could see an island in a separate box. He puts his finger on this box and says, Corsica, a little island that made France truly great. Cringe. <laughs> and everybody stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> there was a sense of something about to begin. So I like to imagine all of the ones who haven't been talking about politics are just like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, literally. Bosway is like putting a hand on his chin grinning and it's just like for once in my fucking life I am not going to be the butt of anyone's joke yep. and Gontera is like like taking two shots and just being like fuck yes I'm gonna see Andrelas angry <laughs> Barrel is literally like about to strike a famous a favorite pose but yeah. abandon it to listen that he's oh. like okay shit's gonna go down <laughs> and Anjolas doesn't even look at anyone he just looks like he's staring to space without looking at Marius it's like France needs no Corsica to be great oh my god France is great by virtue of being France wow and Marius is like no <laughs> He turns to Anjolas and is like, God forbid I should belittle France, but to identify Napoleon with her is not to belittle her. Come, let's talk. Wow. And goes off some highlights of which are, um, I hear you say Buenaparte, <laughs> accenting the you like the royalists. I warn you, my grandfather does one better. He says Buenaparte. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you people were young. <laughs> Where's your fervor? Um, if you won't accept the great man, 
Which great man will you accept? He had everything. He lacked nothing. He ruled with Caesar's authority. He made history and wrote it. His bulletins are Iliads. Um, In the East, he left behind words as great as the pyramids. He saw everything. He knew everything. But all of these great things, even when he was in a little child's cradle, it wouldn't prevent him from laughing with simple fatherly delight. A father to France, you may say. Oh my god. Um, Marius, your daddy kink is showing, please. Burning fire in his hand and radiance in his eyes, and in the midst of thunder, spreading his two wings, the grand army and the old guard, the archangel of war. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's quiet. Angelus bows his head. Silence always tends to give the impression of agreement, or of a sort of inability to disagree, which means that Marius continues. Oh no, child. (laughs) What a splendid destiny for a nation to be the empire of such an emperor. More of the same. As great as, like, we're following Hannibal, Caesar, Charlemagne, fighting the century's highest heavens with constellations of victories. Mm-hmm. Um, to be in Europe a kind of gilded nation by virtue of being bathed in glory. Um, to conquer the world twice by conquest and bedazzlement. That is sublime. And greater than this, what is there? To be free, says Combeferre. Oh my god. And Marius turns and bows his head. This coldly delivered stark line cut through his epic outpouring like a steel blade. Oh my god. (laughs) When he looks up, Combeferre's not even there anymore. (laughs) Satisfied with his response to this defecation? Defecation? It is defecation, wow. Wow, interesting. Probably satisfied with his response to this, or is it deification? Mm. (laughs) Um, Either way. He just departed and everyone except for Anjolas had followed him. Oh my god. Yeah, he was like, parties are fucking mine, mate. Ice cream for all. How devastating. Like... You look down because you're like, oh god, just been cut to the quick. You look up, everyone's left. Genuinely, this is like my worst fear <laughs> that I've just like talked for like five minutes and like I think that everyone's agreed. And then I'm like, cool, got through looking like a human. Look up. One person says something devastating and <laughs> everyone leaves. Like, absolute worst nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone going, just backing up. They're like, oh. That must have been a devastating blow that Comfort just... Yeah. Yeah, and you're left only with Anjolas. Oh my god. <laughs> the mean girl. Like, <laughs> who you know is just going to fuck you up so badly. <laughs> At least he's not doing it in front of everyone else, I guess. No, uh, that's worse because <laughs> you know that everyone knows it's going to be so bad. <laughs> they don't even want to see it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Anjolas just gazed at him solemnly. But Marius was like, no, I'm not ready to admit defeat. Oh, no, just admit (laughs) defeat. Roll over. (laughs) Uh, He's ready to keep going, but then he can hear singing in the stairs. It was Combeferre, and this is what he was singing. And I don't know the tune to this song, so I can't sing it. (laughs) That's the only reason. No, Um, no, go for it. Assign a song. No, I can't. Um, I don't even know. Well, okay, I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give it to you like it's just poetry that mm-hmm. doesn't rhyme because it's been translated from French. Um, if Caesar had offered me glory and war, put on pain of forsaking my mother's love, I'd have told great Caesar his prizes to keep. I love my mother more, Trella. I love my mother more. Wow. And this fierce yet tender voice in which Cumberfirst sang this song gave it a sort of strange grandeur. Thoughtfully, looking at, at the ceiling, M- Marius repeated almost mechanically, My mother? <gasps> at that moment, he felt Anjolus's hand on his shoulder. My mother, citizen, Anjolus said to him, is the Republic. Wow. <laughs> wow, Marius had a moment of being like, look, I'm vulnerable, I've never known the mother's love, and Andras was like, hell yeah, bitch. <laughs> Republic's your mother now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, you will know her mother. <laughs> I'm your mother now. <laughs> so I guess he didn't. Enjolras didn't land a devastating blow. Well, that's as far yeah. as I read. There could still be a devastating blow to come. Well, I think the devastating blow is just like. In my head, like as soon as mother came up, I was like, "Oh, like a drag mother." But Andras is just like puts a hand on Marius's shoulder and is like, "House of Republic." Exactly, literally. <laughs> yeah, I guess Combefer was the one who kind of devastated him. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising. Like, if you read loads of fix, you're like, "Oh, look at this soft cardigan boy who like doesn't really." Who isn't angry and who doesn't like war, but cuts to the bone of the words. Yeah. Whoa. Maybe he knew that if he didn't devastate him with, like, two words. Yeah. Andre Last will do it with more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the kind of thing of being like, listen, mate, like, like, <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't back down with my devastating two words, then you would not survive to see another <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> and here's a little song. Yeah, to, like, make you feel slightly better about yeah. it. Yeah. And but also think about your lack of mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Comfer uh, clock uh, like clocked him, like walking in, like ah, you are an orphan. <laughs> oh, so I see why for a lot of people it's all about these boys because mm. they've got some great interactions going on. Yeah. All of them just devastating Marius one by one. <laughs> Which is really, really great for me. <laughs> this is just feeding your kink. Yeah, absolutely. My kink Marius is specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? I woke up with that as a tattoo on my body. And, uh, and Victor Hugo said, yeah, I can do that for you. Yeah, hold my drink. Don't worry. They're going to get him one at a time. Ritual destruction. Oh, Providence just like can't leave Jean Valjean or Marius alone. Yeah. Because this is a sec. Imagine being Marius and like your dad just died. <laughs> and then you just like some random man in a church is like, let me just tell you this backstory. <laughs> Unprompted. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you get kicked out of your house and this random boy comes up to you in the street and is like, let me tell you about how you got me kicked out of school. Oh my God, don't say it like that. I'll have feelings about him. <laughs> that wasn't to make you have feelings, but just like, imagine how wild, like what a strange time for me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you could be like, what is fate got going on for me? Yeah. <laughs> how does this keep happening? You probably would think that yeah, yeah, it is hard. Okay. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> hard, but also just, like, wet and wild. Like, you yeah. you would think you were the protagonist. Oh, absolutely. If, like, like, you can't come away from that being like, yeah, this is just another normal day in the life. <laughs> like, once was one thing, but twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see what random events that sometimes it's funny how fate just does these things as Victor Hugo. Yeah, well, I mean, he does have Jean Valjean for a father-in-law eventually, so, you know, when two providences align. <laughs> or, actually, you know what? It is Jean Valjean's story. Marius's providence is literally just to get him in order to get Cosette happy which is what Jean Valjean wants mm -hmm. so Marius is just the side quest you have to yeah. complete this little providence quest in order to make sure that Jean Valjean gets to heaven mm -hmm. side quest on easy mode versus whatever it is Jean Valjean's got going on with yeah, providence. <laughs> yeah but yeah from Marius's POV you would be like am I the main character <laughs> yeah so yeah a, a good time love you Bussway. <laughs> <laughs> love your style yeah yeah i forgot how much like of these like other boys there are because i guess it goes by fairly quickly and like you kind of get a little bit of each of them and you don't really get a whole lot on okay those. so i should really enjoy this time yeah where he goes like actually really doing some character work here yeah, exactly. Like, I was surprised that there was so much, like, characterization in, in this chapter, and I was like, oh, 
Interesting. Mm. Don't remember that at all. So, <laughs> so there can't be much of it. Yeah. <laughs> remember it well. Yeah. Okay, I'll revel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not take Victor Hugo for granted. Or <laughs> <laughs> the bits you like about Victor Hugo yeah. for granted. Yeah. There will be an essay sooner or later, but characterization. Yeah, I, I should really enjoy this time. <laughs> yeah. Favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Fred and Barricades. Alima's podcast produced by me, Nemo Martin and Julian Yap. It was the Captain's Collections podcast. If you have any comments, questions or quibbles or you want to tell us about uh, I don't know, something about the ME, something about um, 1814, something about Voltaire. <laughs> Anything about Voltaire, we're always accepting Voltaire and yeah. you go that doesn't go for you. Literally, literally. You can send us an email, lamispodcast, L-E-S-M-I-S-podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, L-E-S-M-I-S-podcast or on Tumblr at Bread and Barricades. And if you do like us, you can give us money on Ko-fi or on Patreon, uh, which are both in the description. Our sound designer is Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com or on Bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Something funny? Who knows? You've got ten seconds. Was Bussway not funny enough for all of us? <laughs> Use his misfortune. Use his misfortune and laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>